What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We have one of those conversations where everything clicks, meshes, corresponds, locks, where even our pauses, even our punctuation marks seem to be nodding in agreement. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Hello, fellow humans, and welcome to What's Your Position podcast. I got to say, I have no clue what that's from. Does, does our guest have a... The music? No, no the, our, oh, the oh, quote that he no, did at the no beginning clue. to, inter, to no. intro me. High fidelity. God, oh, you're serious? Oh, we were just, just watching, watching that, that yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> Duh. We weren't paying attention, Hi. were we? Well, <laughs> welcome. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. And welcome to What's Your Position podcast. Today, we have on probably one of my top three favorite human beings of all time. Linda... Darling, mother of Lucy, owner of bars, lover of music and musicians, the best Texas tour guide a girl could ask for, a Disney connoisseur, a mentor, and probably the best aunt ever. Amen. Linda. Woo! Welcome. Wow, how do I live up to that? <laughs> you don't have to. You let's, already do. Let's go to Disneyland. Okay, bye. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Lovely yeah, Thank today you. we have in our midst a legend. If you live in Orange County or Anaheim and you know anything about the doll hut, Linda is a legend. She owned a bar for how many years? 11 in 1989 to 2001 and that bar saw the likes of well uh, everyone everyone uh, <laughs> i hate this question because i always go blank when people I ask know, right? me that so uh, offspring social distortion brian, brian setzer, setzer weezer sublime sublime did a weird surprise show i know i was there um uh just so many amazing yeah. people um, would just uh, show up uh, jonathan richmond yeah, adolescence adolescence yeah amazing uh, stuff just ridiculous humans that, that are religion. from orange county oh fuck yeah yeah, yeah. So she owned a bar. Um, she's lived a life that is far and away more exciting than most human beings have ever lived. And today we're going to talk about relationships and cultivating kindness and compassion and creating boundaries in relationships. Um, it's really an important topic when it comes to human sexuality, when it comes to psychology and the health of one's mind and body and spirit, because relationships affect us in every single way in every single day we have relationships with everyone we everyone we meet whether or not we are acquaintances or or best friends with them or we are married to them or they are our family so linda is going to educate us today about how to cultivate kindness and boundaries within our relationships and she's also going to tell us about some sex, some blowjobs, <laughs> some uh, awesome sex stories, because what would this podcast be without a little bit of sex? <laughs> Just a little. First of all, let's talk about COVID. Tell me, what do you miss the most since COVID has happened? Well, I have to say that in the last probably, well, since I married my love of my life 15 years ago, we became a little bit reclusive. We moved to Wisconsin for six years and um, 
moved back to Orange Worst County. Worst six years of my life. <laughs> Sorry, darling. Um, so being a recluse, there's, I mean, I, I wasn't as social as I used to be after, you know, I sold the doll hunt and everything. But the other day I was like, I really want to go to the movies. I want to oh. go to the movies and sit in a movie theater and see something on a big screen and feel the vibration. I really want to go see my favorite band in the whole world. Cheap trick. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I want that experience of people around you and the energy. And so I miss, uh, I miss that very much. What do you miss producer? The most um movies that's that's it's, a good one it's hard i mean I'm, i gotta say disneyland that's well, our, that's i know you guys yeah. just both decide <laughs> at the same time. um yeah. but yeah i mean this summer was supposed to be some really good movies coming out tenant mm-hmm. christopher nolan's new movie ghostbusters Ooh. movie sorry i'm Tom excited Hanks. about that was, was that supposed to come out this yes, year yes this year oh. and they moved oh. it to next year yeah everything's good and the new uh black widow mm-hmm. it's girl johansson i was yeah. looking for it the other day i'm like well oh, they never released it yeah but there has been some good movies on netflix they, yes. they're starting to release stuff streaming wise because where's greyhound because i couldn't find it it's on apple tv plus fuck yeah it's pretty great <laughs> i don't have that. tom have hanks to just go to nana's and watch it okay yeah. did you watch it no, not yet. Oh well, next time I bring my remote, I'll we can watch it. <laughs> hey, unofficial sponsor, Ooh, um, Palm Springs, the movie. Oh, one of my dearest and wonderful, most amazing relatives, Brad oh. McLaughlin, is a post-production editor on that movie, which is streaming on uh, Amazon. Who- Hulu or Amazon. I a little shout out to my unofficial sponsor. Uh, well, actually, no, uh, an official sponsor. So, so scrutiny podcast. Oh, hi, yeah. <laughs> my okay. own podcast. Yes, you did. A, um, you did a scrutiny on that one. We did. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys haven't seen Palm Springs, watch it. Haven't, don't, but don't tell me anything don't, about it. That's the best part. Go into it not knowing anything about it. Haven't seen it. Can't wait. Yep. Okay. I will yeah. Go and didn't realize it. Didn't realize Brad until you saw the credits. Uh, we were yeah. We were just reviewing it, Corey and I, and I was going through IMDb. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. I know that name. I'm kind of related to that guy. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> That's a Kevin Bacon moment right there. So I'd love to have you, Brad, on on my <gasps> podcast. Ooh, I will make a call. Yes, mm, we'll make, make it happen. happen. Uh, I miss live music more than anything in the world. I miss. I was supposed to go to seven amazing concerts this year. I was fortunate enough to go to the one that mattered the most 311 day thank you very much but i didn't get to go to the other ones and i'm really sad do you know and what my last one was tell me steve carson oh. and jameson oh that was us we that saw was us. that well, in january in orange county because right. then we saw harry oh we did see yeah. harry we in saw february harry connick yeah. we saw harry connick front row in February. In Ugh. Vegas. In Vegas. Making my panty sweat. Hello. <laughs> or wet. But, you don't even understand. The man plays piano better live than he does on a track. Yeah. Harry yeah. Connick Jr. is yeah. an incredible human being. But I miss those small clubs, mm-hmm. those experiences yeah. of, of your friends playing live yeah. and, and hugging them before and hugging yes. them after and Ashley going up on stage and singing with them. <laughs> um, pretty amazing. But I miss those. I They're very far and few between for me now. Yeah. But yeah. Those Even farther and fewer now. Yeah. It's, it's tough. COVID's been tough. I'm glad that we have these escapes. We're up here in the mountains getting away from the heat um, and we are so thankful and fortunate to have you so close by. Um, I'm going to do just the tip real quick. Give you just a tip, just the facts, just a real quick fact sesh on it. 
Seven lies we tell people about sex. Hmm. So be aware of this. The next time someone tries to sling facts at you about sex, make sure you remember that not everything you hear is accurate and, and do some research. So the first one is you have to be in love to have sex. <laughs> scoff. Scoff, scoff, scoff. No, you don't. Not if you're in a bar. Hello. <laughs> not if you're a human being and you want to have sex. Right. Um, it's nice to be in love. It oh, is. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's fucking amazing if you're in love and you have sex. But you don't have to be in love with the person you have sex with. It, it doesn't make that sex any less valid or any less worthy or any less pleasurable. Right? Right. It'll hurt. Okay. Well, <laughs> if now, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and it depends on the situation. It does. Because I had an injury that made it difficult for me. Right. You have a hernia. I had a hernia go wrong surgery. Right. And I had to go through some major uh, steps at the Mayo Clinic to correct my pelvic floor. Right. Because so your nerve I, is so right, damaged. So that I could have amazing sex again. But it took some time. But you know what? Oral sex rocked during that time. Right. Until I got back. Accommodations. Back to my, yeah. The, you don't have to have intercourse to have good sex. No, you don't have to have peen in the vag to have sex. There it is. That's what it is. Yep. It's, you can have many other forms of so, sex. If someone says it hurts, go, well, then what doesn't hurt? Right. How can I make this not hurt? Does there need to be more lube? Do I need to maybe stick it in a different hole? <laughs> right. Maybe the ass hurts. I hear you. Maybe the vag hurts. I got you. Right. Maybe mouth doesn't hurt as bad. Right. Right. Right doesn't have to hurt if you want to have sex that means you're a slut i am a slut then, then so am i <laughs> i'm pretty sure every human being and dolphins on the planet want to have sex yeah which means that everyone is either a slut or this myth is completely wrong yeah. i want sex i enjoy sex but wanting and enjoying are normal that's not abnormal you right. don't have to put people down for being horny or for desiring somebody or for pleasuring themselves. That's a really fucking horrible myth. True. Um, you should save yourself until marriage before I can, you have sex. I can vouch for that. That is totally incorrect. I can also vouch for that <laughs> being totally incorrect. Yes. Do not do that. Don't do that. No. Um, but use a condom. Always. But the problem is that people want to save themselves for marriage and then they marry somebody and then that person is not sexual match for them yeah. look marriage isn't just about hey you are the same religion as me and you're the same race as me and you're the same age as me and you want kids and you have a job you need chemistry yeah. you need sexual chemistry you need mental chemistry you need to be able to communicate with this person you're going to be with them even when you don't want sex so you better have some good communication skills and you better want the fuck out of them because that's the dick and that's the vag that you're getting for the rest of your life so marry your best friend that you're hot for right that's it shoot your shot <laughs> that's it that's what i did once you have had sex for the first time, you are no longer a virgin. I would like to say right now on this podcast, I am an advocate for the fact that virginity is a construct, a social construct. Yes, there's a hymen, but that can be broken by tampons. It can be broken by bike riding. Um, if virginity equals hymen, then men aren't ever virgins and homosexual men are virgins forever in that context, right? All right? So virginity is not a hymen. 
virginity is not I've had sex once. Virginity is kind I've made my producer. You should see him. He is trying his hardest not to <laughs> laugh. Crack up right now. I don't know if it was hymen or the fact that homosexual men are virgins forever. I don't know which one it was. Um, virginity is a construct. It doesn't mean anything. You are just as worthy and just as valid as a person, no matter if you've had sex with one person or a thousand people. Anyone who thinks differently is not worth your time. Yeah. Guys are horny constantly. This is a horrible myth that gets perpetuated. Well, that's a myth. Yes, that's a okay, lie. Good. I was going to say, like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not horny. All I know. Time. I'm not horny right now. Right? <laughs> I fucking hope not. I'm a podcast with my weird, Jesus. bro. <laughs> it's a whole nother podcast, man. Yeah, fuck that myth. <laughs> no, that's a terrible lie that people get told all the time. Girls get, get told all the time, guys are always horny. Be careful. Guys always want sex. Be careful. So every interaction that they have is framed around this idea that at the end of the evening, all they want is to fuck. And... That's not true. Guys want to have meaningful conversations or go to the movies and have dinner and not fuck or intimacy, intimacy, cuddling, cuddling watching a movie just or nothing like right. Jesus. Sometimes it's just not the right time. Right. Men are not the horny creatures we make them out to be. And sometimes our partners don't want to have sex. It's not because they don't find us attractive or because they don't think that we're sexy anymore. It could just be for all the same reasons that you and I don't want to have sex. They're tired. Yeah. They're stressed. Uh-oh. They had a hard day. It, let's eventually bring up freaking menopause. Hi. Okay. There's got to be a menopause. There is. It's Isn't there? Mental, but uh, yeah. Mm. That's just saying. That's yeah. that's a rough one to get so my, over. So my tip for the day is to not attach yourself to these myths that seem simple and seem normal in everyday life, but to really question what people tell you about sexuality and what people think they need to tell you about your sexuality. It has nothing to do with other people. On the other side of that, (laughs) how you doing? Good. On the other side of that, we are going to talk about all things other people today. We're going to talk about relationships Mm. in all their many forms. So I wanted to give a little bit of background for the listener because when I type the word relationship into Google, immediately the first 20 things that come up are about dating, relationships, sex, marriage. When I type the word relationship into Google, it only wants to talk to me about those relationships that involve sex or love or marriage. But relationships are way bigger than that. Our relationships with ourselves are huge. We need to make sure that we have a good relationship with ourselves. We need to make sure we have a good family relationships, um, including siblings, parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, Mm -hmm. uh, grandmothers, uh, people having strong relationships with their family should feel loved and closeness for their relatives. There should be some sense of camaraderie, um, a loyalty that you feel with your family that is, is quite different from any other relationship you have. I, I have a lot of siblings and I know that the relationship that I have with my siblings is different it's different than any relationship I've ever had in my life. And it is almost like a, a, like a, I will punch them in the face when they're dicks. But if anybody says anything or does anything bad, I'll kill you. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, you're going to die. Like, that's just the end of that noise right there. So you have siblings. Do you find I that do. you are super, like, loyal and, like, 
very attached to your siblings. What's your relationship like with your siblings? Absolutely. Uh, two brothers and a sister. One brother passed away over 10 years ago. Um, Love you, Jamie. <sighs> Jamie is amazing. I was the youngest. Cheers to Jamie. Cheers to Jamie. Clink. Uh, uh, youngest of four. So I didn't get to experience uh, the camaraderie of the siblings as much as the older ones. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, yeah, you know, it, it is different. It's different than friends. It's different than parents. And yeah, I would fight to the death mm -hmm. for my sister, Carrie, who's amazing, who's had many struggles in life and just came out on top completely. And my brother, Darren, who we don't agree on everything, including political things, but I love him to the bone. I would do anything for him, even if we disagree on who to vote for. He's my brother. And, you know, you can't turn your back on people no. because of those kinds of things. The amazing thing is there is statistical analysis that states that individuals who share the majority of their DNA, so at least 40% of their DNA, because a lot of DNA comes from other places, mm -hmm. other sources, but 40% of, of DNA shared among people creates a bond that knows almost no bounds. There is twin studies that show twins who were separated at birth marry the same, a person of the same name, have the same type of job, live in a city that's named the same, wear the same type of clothes, go to the same church, watch the same movies. Right. This DNA that binds us together, regardless of your political or your religious or your, your beliefs about life and humanity, you would throw yourself in front of a moving vehicle for this person because of the DNA and it actually shows on the molecular DNA structure that this happens in individuals who share massive amounts of DNA and it's not something that they can really uh, change or it, it happens on a subconscious level wow. the amount of protection mm -hmm. it's more so when we see it with like mothers and fathers that instinct that goes immediately to save the person and we've seen immaculate strength out of moms who right. throw cars off their right. babies or whatever <laughs> but it happens in brothers and sisters it happens in cousins and aunts it's this incredible bond that we share because our DNA is so closely linked and I think that cultivating those relationships is a really important part of anybody's life so the Absolutely. next set of relationships we have are our friends so people who aren't related to us uh, people who we consider part of our inner circle people who we confide in trust in sometimes we share things more with our friends than we do with our family um, I definitely talk about vibrators with my friends more than I do <laughs> Yeah, my family. that's a girlfriend thing. Although, um, although Nana would be into it. I mean, Nana would totally yeah. be into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you talk about different things, get different perspectives from your friends. Um, what kind of relationships do you have with your friends? I have a, a, a limited pool of uh, very close friends right now. And it's not just because of COVID, but I think when I owned my bar, I was so out there and I had so many people in my life mm -hmm. that um, I really had to kind of pick and choose who was going to remain. How did you make the choice? How did you choose who was going <sighs> to remain? How did you know? I would be so stressed out. Who to pick? Well, like, you know, it, it really is the people that 
respond to you when you reach out to them. Mm -hmm. The people when you're in dire straits or when you need someone to pick up a phone and they pick it up. Yeah. Those are the people. Loyalty. Yeah. And and just, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's more than a handful. I have to say there's got to be at least 30 people from my years at the bar and, and just knowing and loving and, and, just trusting and going through experiences with them. Right. That um, growing. Yeah. And in some of them are even ex-boyfriends, you know, that went up. The, hey, that, good on you, man. There's no way I could be friends with any. Of I'm my friends exes. with all of them except for one. Okay. And there's a few. So I've been fortunate to be able to get past those difficult times and know I could probably pick up the phone and, you know, get a number of people to drive wherever I am and pick me up in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Do you, because I honestly think that it is, I know I'm biased because you're fabulous, (laughs) but I honestly think that that has more to do with you than it does with them. I think, and I'm realizing it more now, the older I get and the newer experiences I have in jobs where I interact with new people and create relationships with people I've never known before and, um, I recently had to leave a job because of COVID and this woman who I adore was having trouble the whole time she was working there, but she worked hard and diligent. And, uh, she came in the last day and said, you know, you are a guardian angel. I wouldn't have been able to get through my husband's death and cancer if you had not been so understanding and wonderful. I just think it, I'm just compassionate. Right. And, that just that's I can't I don't know how else to be. It's <laughs> it's, it's just how truly I am. a gift to to be as open and compassionate and accepting and empathetic, but also hard line. Like Linda doesn't take shit. Oh no, there there will be zero bullshit <laughs> happening at any point in time in any day. Like even her best friends. My first thought is is Jimmy Camp. <laughs> I was thinking about him. Yeah. I love him. And how long have you been friends with Jimmy Camp? Uh, I met him before I opened the doll hut in 89. So too, long. Yeah. too long. Too yeah. long. But not too long. Love he you, called Jimmy. and sang me happy birthday on my voicemail. This so I love Jimmy Camp. Yeah, I do. Too. I do. Yeah. But there has probably been a point where you're like, Hey, you're a dick. Like stop I, being a dick. I 86 him from the bar for a year. <laughs> Really? I did. I did. All right. Yeah, Just we, real quick. Why? Yeah. Uh, what did he do? Toyed with my emotions. Um, oh. oh, so it was like more of a personal thing. It wasn't oh. like he like started hey, to fight in the bar. It's her fucking bar. No, I get you. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it was me. It was like, you can't do this to my heart kind of. Over and over. Yeah, over and over. But you know what's great is his wife knows everything. And when Sam? I, yeah. When I, I kind of want to have Sam on. You should. Because when I met Sam, there she's like, go. Jimmy told me everything. I'm like, Good thing, good thing, because we couldn't be sitting here right now. Everything, so yeah, no. Jimmy is uh, in my living room at one of my homes. Is a picture of you know the guitar he Mm -hmm. smashed, the Guild guitar he smashed the night I closed the bar. I mean, he'll always be very, very important to me. But he's a lost love, yeah, in a sense. But my husband now is okay with that, and right, he and I just weren't right in that vein. I have a friend. My friend Bunky, it's not my lost love, but I've been friends with him for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult a lot of times for men and women to be friends without that sexual component. Yes. And so when it is introduced and two people are capable 
of getting past it and being adults and saying, okay, we fucked, whatever, like let's, right. let's get past that and be friends. Or if people are able to say, hey, you know, men and women have this sexual attraction, we don't have to go down that path. Right. We can stay friends. Adam and I were the same way. Yeah. Bunky and I are the same way. It's just because it's a guy and a girl doesn't mean you have to have. Backstory, Adam is a. Sorry. Former roommate. Monkey. Monkey. We all wanted to have sex with him. Sorry. We did. I'm, every He's time a fucking wore, pirate I'm babe. sorry. Oh, he okay. would get out of the shower. Okay. Yeah. Hello. I'm, I'm like tw- 19 years old, and this guy is rides a Harley and has a goatee and is hot. And Perfectly physically fit. Like an Adonis. And he's not trying. He, no, no he, he didn't try. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. No. He no. ate top ramen on bread covered in mustard. Right. Sprinkled, sprinkled with peanut butter with and peanut Ritz butter. crackers. Right. This man was not like at the peak of physical fitness, no. but Jesus, he no. would get out of the shower in our house and wear a towel. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you put your clothes on in the bathroom? Yeah. Stop it. Then he'd come in and purposely like I'd be in my bedroom working and he would come in and like lay on my bed in his towel. I'm like, get out. Fuck you. Get, get out, out of my room. Of my room. With, get out of my with room. With the towel. I couldn't. Can I we, can't. So good. I know you guys are in deep in a conversation. Let's let's for the listener. We don't know the backstory of you guys <gasps> a little bit. You know, let's start okay. where, where you came from and how. I mean, Linda changed your life. I mean, she changed my life. Can too. I start? Yeah, I want to start. No, okay. this is her podcast. No, no this is my podcast. The guest. Can you turn so, her mic off, please? Yeah, so, thank you. Thank you so much. So, I turned you off. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the year I graduated from high school, my brother Darren got married to his uh, junior or no elementary school sweetheart, kindergarten. And, yeah, as crazy. the story goes, crazy. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I was in the I was in the wedding, and then they ran off to Utah. And I, um, they had a baby. Me. Yeah. And the only thing I remember about Ashley when she was an infant was that she cried all the time. Listen, I had some digestive issues I know, that I, know. I couldn't solve. She still does. I, cried and cried I still and cried and cried do. And cried and cried I cried. But, but the minute, I had to shit. the very minute she could walk and talk, she was mine. That was it. She Accurate. Was game over. Mine. My girl. That was it. And by the way, the same thing with Robert. Yep. Once he could walk and talk, he was mine. So. Yep. They're my children. Sorry to up you, Ashley, but she was there when I was actually born. I literally I know. know this. I, I'm aware. I was Take in that. Utah. I, I couldn't. <laughs> I can't help where I was. I was, I was born listener, without Ash, my consent. For the listener, Ashley and I fight for the love of Linda. The aunt status. I would kill you, Ashley. I will end no killing. Stop it. your there's, life. Stop there's it. Some, there's some knives in the kitchen over there. Knife. You want to go? Stop it. Let's go. No. <laughs> Okay, so, so, for, uh, but your parents moved back to Orange County for a very brief period of time when yeah. you were three, four years five. old, three, four, five, baby, adorable, precious, and I would steal you away, uh, and we would listen to Madonna and dance around the house, and I would throw glitter in the air. Yep. that was a lot of work cleaning it up. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. You'd make me pasta salad. That's right. But for the, breakfast. We knew that your mom was going to steal you away. Oh, yeah. And we made a pact. Yeah. We literally made a pact when you were five Mm -hmm. that when you were of age, you were going to come and live with me. Yep. And that was it. It was done. No matter how long a period of time went by where we couldn't talk. There was a lot of long periods. Yeah. You know, your mom stole you. Yep. She was, took me. And, and my, my brother was very irresponsible and stupid, even though I love him. Love you. He did not 
step up like he should have. Yeah. And, um, I remember, I remember when we moved away and I felt very, very lonely. I was very much a, an adult when I was a child and I missed my family and I missed that part of my family. I missed my cousin. I missed my aunt. I missed my grandmother and your grandparents were so important. Yeah. And we moved all, I was in eight elementary schools before the third grade and we finally landed in, in Washington. And once we got stable, I started coming back down here for like spring break. Um, and for summers cause my dad was here. So I would come down and visit and it was like the one thing I looked forward to every year yeah. was my California trip because that's, and like any school project I had that was like, Oh, pick a song that makes you think of who you are. I'd pick California girls or <laughs> California dreaming or anything with the word California in it, because this is where I was going to end up. Right. And, and as much as I want to say, I remember the moment we made that pact. I don't. It's okay. You were little, but I know that it was embedded in my brain because my entire life as a child, as a teenager, there was never a question where I was going to live when I grew up. There was never a concern about all I had to do was make it through. All I had to do was get to the end and then I could come and live in California with my auntie Linda and that's all that mattered. And we would dance around the living room to Madonna and, (laughs) and that would be fine and we would be okay. And then I turned 18 and I was like, hi, I'm going to come and live with you. And you're like, perfect. I've already set up a phone bill for you. So it looks like you've lived here for a year. So you can go to college and I have a room for you. And Madonna's ready to play. And the plane ticket is there. And the plane ticket's ready. Let's go. Yeah. And Nana, Nana stepped up. Oh yeah. Gave me a credit card and said, whatever she needs, put it on the credit card. Yep. So full support. Yep. From your entire California family. It was, it was a family that I was kind of isolated from for a really long time i i i mean as a what are you gonna do as a fucking teenager as a fucking child when you're in a household and those people speak badly of people or those people don't want you to see those people or those people tell you that that's not the relationship you should be cultivating that's a lot of people yeah Mm, it's just one person really (laughs) i know um i remember being told that i was condescending i remember I vividly remember as a teenager calling you and expressing concern about the way I was being spoken to as a human being. And you said, you said, okay, in the most respectful and calm way, you need to say, okay, that's your opinion and that's okay. That's okay that that's your opinion, but that's not actually what's fact. And I started doing that and I got called lots of names and got told I was condescending. So I stopped doing it, but I realize now that the behavior that w- was happening was gaslighting yeah. and I was engaging, I was trying to deescalate the gaslighting. And for those of you that don't know, gaslighting is a really horrible psychological tool that can actually um, cause some serious damage uh, in an individual psyche. Um, Gaslighting can be done by people who are narcissistic or people who are psychologically questioning their own sanity. Um, A couple of examples of gaslighting are um, you're overreacting, you need help, you're upset over nothing, you're confused, I never said that calm down, 
you're dramatic. Why are you defensive? What are you talking about? You twist things. You're sensitive. Stop imagining things. Or I was just joking. So I have one more. Um, you have no memory that everything you just said was what my ex-husband used to tell me. He gaslighted me for seven years. So the information that you gave me as a teenager was directly related to your experience in a relationship where gaslighting was a commonplace. Which I didn't even know at the time. Right. I had to get out of it. But yeah. 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 It's hard to be in a relationship like that. Whether it's romantic or or family or anything. Well, when you have no self-esteem or you're a young person, your self-esteem hasn't been cultivated Mm -hmm. yet, you're easily manipulated. Right. And you want to believe the people you're supposed to trust. Exactly. So, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's, It's a hard thing to imagine, but... I came out here to California and I, uh, it took a couple years to undo the psychological pinnings that I had where mm-hmm. I felt I wasn't good enough or smart enough or, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't know a lot about sex. <laughs> Thanks for putting condoms in my dresser. You're welcome. By the way. And your car. And, and my car and never <laughs> making me feel guilty about it. Um, it's, it's important to have a person in your life that is a moral compass and at the same time someone you can trust um, with secret kind of things that a mom or a friend wouldn't be able to understand. So I looked up some scientific benefits of ants. Oh, God, right? So So it's actually really cool because you are my first experience that I remember with like an ant that was that was there for to unconditionally love me. There was no strings attached. There were no ulterior motives behind being my relative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, an aunt can serve as a trusted female mentor in a young girl um, if her parents or guardians are physically or emotionally unavailable. Um, the aunt and niece bond is extremely special because although an aunt is, an, is a mother figure in the same facet she's not the mother she's like a friend it's unique and it's one that no one on earth can replicate it isn't a friend it isn't a mother it's this beautiful combination of both of them so can you tell me in your own words what it felt like for you to have an 18 year old person (laughs) in your house that you said come live with me and then she did you know it's funny as time went by and I knew you were coming over the years like you know oh Ashley's 13 now she's 15 now she's 16 I came out when I was 16 and looked at colleges yeah no and and I knew I knew it was happening and I I had this one little fear it was like okay well when she is like where where am I going to be in my life what's going to be going on is this going to work and that happened one time and then it it just like whatever happens happens and when you came I wasn't really in a relationship. I might have been dating somebody. I don't know who at the time, but it didn't take precedence right. to you. You were what was most important to me. I was so broken. And you had your little bedroom downstairs. Yeah. And I remember your big body pillow you brought with yeah. you. And Nana <laughs> brought you that beautiful red Mustang. Yes. And I just knew you needed a safe place to get better to become the human I was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, because the, the damage your mom did to you was unfair. You know, yeah. It was really unfair. Yeah. And, but I didn't, it, that wasn't like, I'm going to fix you. It's like, you know what? Come here. I'm going to love you. And you're going to just be who you are. 
And yep. I just wanted and that's you how I to felt. I remember, I remember thinking to myself, this isn't okay. I can't be like this. And, and nobody cared what I did. Right. Like not, not like nobody cared what I did, but like I could be loud. I could be funny. I could be happy. I could be sad. I, and it, and my emotions were my own. Right. You could bake your own decisions. Exactly. Yeah. I could stay out past 10 mm. and not be called a slut. It was incredible. And religion had nothing to do with it. No. There was no guilt. No. No shame. No guilt. It's really important to surround yourself with individuals who encourage you to become a better version of yourself. And whether that is a friendship or a maternal relationship or a uh, a sibling relationship or a, a friendship or whatever the case may be, it's really important for people to find someone who can help them be the best versions of themselves and then congratulate them when they become that and not take credit for them becoming the best versions of themselves. (laughs) That's the worst. Um, So what are you most proud of in your relationships? Being able to let go of the negative ones and keeping the ones that are positive and most important. So you're, you are a product of me cultivating our relationship and look what you've done. I mean, my gosh, you know, and, and it didn't all happen very quickly. You know, you went to school and then you didn't go to school and you waitress for a while and you went back to school Mm -hmm. and like, you know, you just had to take your course and do what you had to do. And that's how I feel with, you know, my, my husband, Brad and I, when we got married, he was on the road. Yeah. Like it was weird. I married a guy and then he left <laughs> <laughs> and he went, went away for three and months and then he came back and then we moved to Wisconsin for six years and then he left a good five years of that six years. But, mm-hmm. you know, we were on the phone every day and he'd come home and, you know, a lot of people and I'm not saying women or men, people couldn't handle that kind of long distance relationship. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned long distance relationships because it is now time for my statistic that will shock you. Are you ready, Robert? So I'm I was wondering. This oh, is I have a question that we're mm-hmm. you. I haven't forgotten. Talking? I've just waited for her to mention long distance relationships because I knew she would. So <laughs> she's go. good. I didn't know. All right. I didn't even know I was going to say that. What percentage of people have ever been in a long distance relationship? What constitutes a long distance relationship? So according to the the site that I looked at, which was only one site, it was psychology.com, which is probably one of my favorite websites ever. According to that website, a long distance relationship is individuals who don't live within a one day driving distance from one another. One day. Oh, that's reasonable. I mean, not like 24 hours. I mean, like a a car ride, like eight hours. So if you have to stop and stay the night somewhere in order to see them, that's a long distance relationship. Here's an example, though. The only long distance relationship I really had was in high school. Mm-hmm. She lived in Torrance and I didn't have a car. So okay. I, I considered that long distance because it, it was all phone time. She had a car. She was older yeah. than me. She had a, but it took sure. like planning. It, it's in the, it's in the mind and of the beholder because for it was, sure. It was long distance. Yeah. This was more geared towards people 18 and over. So how gotcha. many people 18 okay. and over who okay. have a reasonable access to a vehicle right. have experienced long distance relationships? So gotcha. I'm going to tell you this stat at the end of the show, okay. but I want you to guess what it is right now. So are you saying successful ones or failures? Just, have, just ever, in have ever engaged in a long distance relationship. 90%. That's a big number there. I'm a, I was going to say like 50. Okay. So Linda, 90 
Robert 50? Uh, half. Okay. I'll, I'll think everyone has okay. it, but some people okay. do. We're going to come back to that okay. at the end of the show. Anyway, ours was successful. So Duh. We did it. Clearly. But, but there were times where it was very, very difficult. What was difficult? Being alone in a state, in a town where I didn't know anybody. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. That I've never asked you before? <laughs> Shoot. Ooh. Why did you <laughs> move to Wisconsin? Why did you move? <laughs> because um, I was tired of being Linda Dahlhut. I was tired of being in Orange County and running into people going, what are you going to do next? You can open another bar. What are you doing? What are you doing? I was done. I was tired of it. I needed a change. I've been in Orange County for 40 years. Yeah. And I just needed a breath of fresh air. How long did you breathe that fresh air before you realized you needed to come back well home. <laughs> the funny thing is you get there and then of course i'm so close the grass is you always greener family and you move right when like winter hit too right that was great in yeah. december yeah january yeah. like the first week of january <laughs> yeah it was great we get there and there's no snow on the ground right and we're like we go to the piggly wiggly <laughs> how many people get to say that right yeah. Oh my God. yeah we go to the piggly wiggly we shop all i can and we picture is pig rinds like do they have them everywhere they have them on the end caps of everything no but they have great shirts okay but we walk out of the Piggly Wiggly and it's snowing. And I just remember standing in the parking lot, looking up at the lights yeah. and watching the snow come down. And you don't do that in Orange County. No. Well, like, well, no. Dear God, so, it would be the apocalypse if it snowed in Orange County. I think I just needed my alone time with Brad. You know, I needed that. And granted, he went on the road and did what he did. And I knew that was going to happen. But I just, I guess I needed to reinvent myself. Okay. But, you know, I flew home every I know. six weeks, practically, yeah. to Orange County to see you guys. And Wasn't enough. I know. I know. And then when I got my hernia injury and I was, you know, hurt, that was when I turned to Brad and went, okay, you're not here. I'm injured. I need to go home. We yeah. Gotta, we got to move back. So did you find that there were friends when you moved to Wisconsin? Because your family, like, we talked all the time. You came home all the time. Your friends... Your family didn't go anywhere. We were always here. Right. Were there friends that you lost because you moved? Or were did you gain friends that were in Wisconsin that you still have now? I have one friend in Wisconsin, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. And her family. I know. They're That's so it. great. She's the only one that got and me. And your maple syrup people. Well, Cecil, but those were work workmates. Right. But yeah, no, they're great people. But it was very, people were confused when I moved there. Mm -hmm. I would try and engage with these social groups. And they were just, why did you move here? Why? What's yeah. wrong with you? You left to California. Yeah, yeah. It was like they didn't want to even get to know me. Oh my god! Uh, Do you that? think that there was any residual effects from you not having that same tight knit group of friends that you had here? Did you find any depression? Or oh yeah. Any? Okay. Yeah, I had definitely had depression. Yeah. But you know, I went through that hernia thing, yeah. and I was on Percocet for two years, right, trying to get help yeah. to get the pain relief. And Fuck all opiates. That. Terrible. I mean, never abused them. I always no, took them. but I, still, it but, fucks with your brain. Well, yeah, it just makes you sad and, and uh, lonely. And yeah. so that's why I needed to come back. But, you know, Mayo Clinic, big, big, like... Unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor. Mayo Clinic for all your pain needs. Rochester, Minnesota. I went there and I spent three weeks learning how to manage pain without any kind of opiates. I remember when you went to the Mayo Clinic and you called me and you told me, I got into the Mayo Clinic. This is a big deal. Not everyone gets to go there. And it was hard for you. It took a long time to get in there. And it took a lot of hard work and dedication mm -hmm. and sticking with it because you wanted to stop part of the way through. Like, it was really difficult. There were hard. some hurdles. Um, 
having friends is something that is um, extremely beneficial to your health. And I know that sounds silly and clear and obvious, but let me just give you some reasons that scientists say friendship is good for you. It can extend your life. So people who have strong social relationships are less likely to die prematurely than people who are isolated. In fact, according to a 2010 study, the effect of social ties on lifespan is twice as strong as that of exercising. Now imagine wow. if you and your friends exercised together. You guys would live forever, vampires. Dang, that's good. Right? Your pals make you healthy in general. Um, the biological statistics of people who reported being isolated versus those who had friends across their lifespans showed that biomarkers such as blood pressure, body mass indexed, weight circumference, and levels of inflammation were all lower in people who had friends versus people who claimed to be more in isolations. They help keep your mind sharp. Having friends who make you feel like you belong may be better for a physical and mental health. A 2012 study found that older people's dementia risk increased when they had feelings of loneliness. So I actually wrote a paper on this and dementia is clearly marked with uh, engagement in social activity. So they say that, um, prior to any signs of dementia. So in your twenties, your thirties, your forties, you should be going out with your friends and doing trivia night. Yes, yes. Everyone should be doing that. That is something that everyone should, or do crossword puzzles or play chess or do poker right. night or anything that mentally stimulates you with a group of people who are like-minded mm-hmm. and even people who might challenge you from time to time mm-hmm. to think outside the box or to think of new and additional things. Um, your boy, your BFFs can help you through the tough stuff. So there's a lot of times when our friends can actually play a role in us getting out of tough situations. And then there are a lot of times when our friends are the tough situations. So can you give me an example of both? Can you remember a friend who you could not have exited a really horrifying situation without and then can you also remember a friend who you had to let go of because that relationship became toxic well there's a few (laughs) especially (laughs) in the bar years right um yeah um i'm just gonna throw this one out there i had a really sweet bouncer named tiny and he wasn't tiny because he was a bouncer i loved tiny yeah and um he He was was the largest man ever and but not not super unhealthy, but he was a big boy, big Hispanic gentleman. And he looked after the bar and, and, you know, he, he was in, he was like Mm -hmm. my right hand guy. He even moved in with me. I had a spare room, moved him in. And then one of my older friends came over one day and informed me that he was dealing speed at the bar. Oh no. So how long have you had, how long had you been friends with him at this point? Probably at least a year or two. I can't remember exactly how long, but a long enough time to think that we actually had a relationship and a friendship. In that moment, did you realize that that friendship was over or did you think that there was a salvage, salvageable point? Uh, let's say I got him on the phone. He was at Russell Scott's house and said, your shit's on the porch. You're 86 from the bar. I don't want to talk to you ever again because that jeopardized not only you know, his health, my health, but that jeopardized my bar. Absolutely. My livelihood. That's your livelihood. Yeah. And, and it, it's almost worse than like a boyfriend cheating on you mm-hmm. because he didn't take 
like what we had seriously. Right. He abused it. Yep. And, uh, and I lost like a few friends over that. They were like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that to tiny. And I'm like, he's a drug dealer. Yeah, exactly. Period. No. like <laughs> So that's just one of many, many examples. Right. Of, I had another guy that crashed my car and lied about it. And then when I found out, I had to throw him out of my life. Uh, you know, people that borrow money and you think they're going to pay you back and then they don't. So, you know, um, took a long time to learn boundaries. Okay. Um, I love boundaries. They're a lifesaver. They really are. <laughs> I didn't learn them until later in life. Can you, can you tell me about a friend who maybe helped you see a situation for something else that it was like you saw something differently and your friend saved you from something that could have been tragic. I think Yvette has always been a really, really good friend to me in that sense where she would like chime in and go, you know, this person you're dating uh-huh. is not good for you. She's a good barometer of she, human beings. She can be. Okay. Yeah. And then of course I, I wouldn't go back again. Sure. Uh, but you know, it, she's all, she was really, really good about that. And, but not like I listened to her. I mean, when a guy is down on your porch serenading you, you're not going to let him back. A guy is down in your pants serenading you. you (laughs) So, but no, she was, she was always like, Hey, you know, you might want to rethink this. And I'm like, but I love him. Well, God. So I want to, I want to say really quick that there are, are nine toxic, uh, nine signs to a toxic relationship. And this doesn't have to be romantic. Um, toxic relationships can come in many forms and they can be familial. They can be in friendships. They can be in romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. They can be in your workplace. Mm. Um, but it's really important to recognize these signs and make sure that you are taking precautions to not get caught up in this. Um, Nine signs could be nine times. Nine times. I don't remember him being sick nine times. It's probably because he wasn't sick. Nine times. He was skipping school. (laughs) Wake up and smell Smell the the coffee, coffee, Mrs. Bueller. You're living in a fool's paradise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Nine signs of a toxic relationship. (laughs) One, they make uh, requests not they request not make relationship movements. They make personal attacks. Um, They make unreasonable expectations. It's always a one way effort. Um, They are absent in your time of need. They make hurtful comments. Uh, They don't honor your relationship, your boundaries, your limits um, or your prior engagements. They have one track conversations um, and they are, all need and no give. Mm. Been there. Yeah. It's it's really hard, uh, especially when you are someone who is compassionate. Especially, and a beacon for those kind of people. Exactly. Yeah. You want to help the right. unhelped. You and want to save the unsavable. You want to fix the unfixable. But that's where the boundaries come in. Five tips that make setting boundaries easier. Be clear about mm-hmm. what you want. Be direct and do not apologize for your needs. Expect resistance, but don't let it detour you. Remember that setting boundaries is an ongoing process and set boundaries boundaries for your own well-being, not to control others. There's a huge line between boundaries and control. Yes. I've had to learn with uh, an individual in my family that um, 
I have learned to set boundaries with. She takes the phrase boundaries and turns it into a form of psychological and mental control, emotional control as well. And she says that her boundaries trump anyone else's boundaries or that her boundaries are extremely unrealistic like you will call me every day or I will be the number one person in your life like that is not a boundary that's control a boundary looks like I don't have time to talk to you every single day so let's set aside a time every week that Mm -hmm. I have free time and we'll go ahead and 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 I will give you my undivided attention during that time Mm -hmm. and if that's not good enough for the person then unfortunately your boundaries and their expectations don't mix and they're going to need to readjust their expectations you don't need to move your boundaries right can you tell me a time in your life when you learned that boundaries were something that you could actually, inf- I didn't realize I could enforce boundaries until my thirties. So yeah, it took me quite a while after I had a bad marriage for seven years, it was quite abusive and I went to therapy, which was great. A couple of different therapists and I learned a lot, but I still didn't learn how to date or pick men that were healthy and appropriate. And there was one individual that um, I was just, over the moon for and he the entire time we dated he was always very unavailable but then available and he just played this game with me it was just back and forth and I would walk away and then he would serenade me from my patio and and when I finally did walk away from him it was it was it was not violent but it was obnoxious like Mm -hmm. I I literally took my lipstick and wrote on his mirror stay the fuck away from me and I left movie I mean yeah I mean and I left his house and it was it was uh he was he just killed me (laughs) and then what's weird is I don't know five six years later I'm in this Mexican restaurant ordering food to go which one and it was a very Hispanic neighborhood it was um it's off of Chapman in the 57 I don't remember the name of it. It was like a, a, a pollo kind of place. Okay. And it, it's a lot of Hispanic people. Right? Okay. Not English pe- speaking people. Okay. So I'm trying to just be, you know, in my own little world. Sure. And I'm looking down at my phone and I'm on my lunch break and I can feel someone staring at me and it's kind of uncomfortable and I'm like not looking and not looking because I'm weird that way. And then I finally look up and it's him. Can you tell me the initials? MK. Oh, Okay. And I look up and, you know, he is not Hispanic. Nope. <laughs> He's the opposite. <laughs> and I looked up and he waved and I walked over to him and I was waiting for my food. And, and you know, I just was like, I can't get out of here fast enough. Oh, wow. I just can't. And we sat down across from each other and um, he said, I owe you an apology. You got the worst of me. And I am so sorry. Wow. How many people get that? Wow. I mean, and I just looked at him and he said, I, I'm sober. I'm oh, healthy. Wow. I'm in a great relationship. And I'm really, really sorry. And it was, I, and I, he wanted to have lunch and I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. go. I just took my food. and I was like, okay, bye. Thanks. Bye. And he gave me a hug and I left, but it, I feel very lucky that in life, sometimes i that closure and that resolution to know that it wasn't you, especially as a female, when we're made right. to feel so many times that we're crazy and yeah. we're the problem. He really did. I know he like did. I remember. I know he did. Do you remember the line like that? I night? do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, it's like that movie. Uh, what was the movie? Do you remember? 
the one with the the volleyball. Uh-huh. It's like it's like Castaway. Yeah. I'm like, what? The, what? What does that mean? What do you mean we're like Castaway? You went to a desert island and like. I, uh, I I'm a volleyball. I like get, I don't understand. Yeah. So yeah, I lost my mind that night and yeah. had to walk away. But yeah, he but was I, a lampshade wearing fool. Oh my god, that man. He was was a but lampshade. I was attracted wearing, to those I know. kind of men. It, and that's what happens when you get into tumultuous relationships over the course of your life, and you right. don't go to therapy and get those things kind right. of resolved. Right. So, I wanted to kind of give a couple of statistics um, about boundaries. Um, Boundaries in any relationship are imperative for successful and long-term marriages, long-term friendships, and keeping your uh, family relationships strong and healthy. Um, Boundaries in relationships work both ways. They create emotional health and are created by people who have emotional health. So being your own best friend and advocating for yourself is actually one of the number one ways that you can set boundaries. When you put yourself first, you're able to take stock of what's important to you and set healthy and correct correctly expected boundaries for yourself and those around you. You're not going to set exorbitant boundaries or expect less of human beings. When you know who you are and what you expect, you're able to set those healthy and safe boundaries with other people. Um, if you ever take, if you ever feel like people take advantage of you, um, or you're constantly trying to save people, you constantly get sucked into pointless fights or debates. You find yourself far more invested or attracted to the person than you should be. Uh, you feel like you hate drama, but always seem to be stuck in the middle. Then you are someone who most likely has boundary issues, not only in your mental health with yourself, but in all areas of your relationships, whether they be family relationships, relationships, romantic relationships, work relationships, or friend relationships. Healthy personal boundaries equal taking responsibility for your own emotions while not taking responsibility for the emotions of others. And that is such a hard thing to learn Mm. for so many people, for me especially. Um, I wanted to just make sure that you, uh, you, you are clear on what a poor boundary looks like. You can't go out with your friends without me. I get jealous. You have to stay home. That's a shit boundary. Sorry, guys. Can't go out with you. My girlfriend gets angry when I go out without her. That's a shit boundary. I can date you, but can you not tell my friend Cindy because she gets really jealous when I have a boyfriend and she doesn't like it. That's a shit boundary. So in each of those scenarios, the person is either taking responsibility for the actions or emotions that are not theirs, or they're demanding that someone takes responsibility for the actions or emotions that they are creating. When did you learn how boundaries were something that you could control and how they were healthy? It started when I uh, walked out of that uh, abusive relationship. Um, I was really broken. Literally, I had a broken hand. That's how I got out of the relationship. Uh, I was able to, like, I have to go stay with my mom while my hand gets better. And I was able to get out of that situation. And uh, from that point forward, I, I needed to learn how to say no to him and how to just get away from that manipulative behavior he had. I had, I had lost all my friends. He'd pretty much cut me off from most of my family. 
Um, Do you feel like you had Stockholm syndrome? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I went into therapy. Yeah. Guns, threats. Right. I mean, he, he, threats to your family, threats to yourself. He did things to my sister. Like he got her fired from jobs and he threatened to have my mother raped. I mean, he did really horrifying things, pretty big number on me. Yeah. So just being out of the the physical house and being Uh in my mom's house, that was the first step. Uh That was the first boundary. Yeah. And not moving back in. Right. And, and not going back. It's, it's, it's creating yeah. that boundary and then yeah. not letting that boundary get crossed That's right. by you right, or by the person. Right. And we immediately got into therapy and we had private sessions and then a group session with the therapist. Uh-huh. And so the private session with the therapist, I laid everything out. Right. And the therapist was like, we're going to get you away from him. Mm-hmm. And he caught on pretty quick. Right. So. <laughs> right. It got ugly. Two years of ugliness. So you would say that your boundaries with, do you think that, do you think that those boundaries grew as you dated other people? You said, you know, even later in your life, you had a difficult time dating men who were healthy and well-balanced for you and like a breakfast, like a well-balanced breakfast, like a bowl of Wheaties. Took a long time. It took a long time. So I want everyone to hear me when I say that boundaries don't happen overnight. No. These are things that you need to learn. These are, oh my God, boundaries are so hard to fucking stick to. They are really difficult because especially when you are empathetic and kind and loving and caring and people come back to you and say that you're hurting them or you're causing them damage or harm or, you know, how could you do this to me or how could you do this to us? Sticking to those boundaries because you know what's good for you is most definitely the quintessential piece of boundaries is a healthy relationship with yourself. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The main thing is, is to make sure that you have the self-respect, the self-esteem, because if you don't, then you're never going to have a healthy relationship. And that's why it took me so long to finally get into a healthy relationship is because my self-esteem was always, I was never good enough. And yeah. I was like, wow, why is this guy dating me? So oh, this, and he's so, I'm so lucky. And yeah. And that, yeah, you, you just really need to work on yourself before you can get, when I finally got into a healthy relationship, I was finally like, you know what? I don't think I need to date anybody right now. I'm good. I'm just going to do this and do Ugh. that. And I was like, I was good with myself. And then all of a sudden he and landed then in your lap. My husband landed on my front door. He literally. Boom. Got him. Before we take a break, I'm going to give you 13 signs that you have a healthy relationship with yourself. And this can be the beginning of the boundaries that you set with other people You are intentional about your words and your actions. You say and you do what you mean. You respond rather than react. Reaction is aggression. Response is passive. So when you respond to something rather than react to something, you take a passive approach and you learn and you hear and you you respond in an intellectual and calm way. You set and honor your boundaries you trust yourself, you keep promises to yourself, you take responsibility for the things that you do and say, you and I, Robert, were just talking about people who play the victim constantly. And I think the one thread that goes through that is that they never ever take responsibility for what they do or what they say. It is always someone else's fault It is always blamed on time or the traffic or work or it isn't just I had a shitty day and I didn't plan my time accordingly. Please forgive me. It is, oh, I was tired and I fell asleep and I missed your call. 
<laughs> you forgive yourself. Yeah. That's God, huge. I still have a hard time with that one. That's huge. It's yeah. a big, that's a big deal with me. Forgiving myself. That's deep. You validate your experiences. We experience things in, no one is ever going to experience something the way that you do. You hear the same piece of music or hear the same piece of comedy or watch the same movie or see the same bird or watch the same sunset. Robert, you're going to experience that in a way that Linda and I will never know. And those experiences mean something and they're valid and no one should ever shut your experiences down as not valid. You speak to yourself with love and respect. This was huge when I started therapy. I was so mean to myself. I used to curse myself out uh, at every moment. Fuck you. You didn't take the right turn, you fucking idiot. I said it out loud. I started hearing it. That's hey, rough. idiot, what are you doing? Like, I really had to undo these negative words I was saying to myself. And I didn't even realize it until my therapist was like, stop being so mean to yourself. Elf, what are you doing? Can I interject here? Please. The inner voice can be even more cruel. Oh God! And I still battle my inner voice every day with I think with we weight, all do. you know, weight issues yeah. up and down. That you know, but it's not always out in the open yelling right. at yourself. It's up up in your brain yeah. going, "Hey, fatty, you know, <laughs> do you need another slice of bread?" Or yes, I do. And then you, you eat it, and then you beat cream? yourself up over it. Yep. So anyway. the inner voice is worse. It's rough. You are proactive about your health. This is huge. It's a battle. Going to the gym, taking care of yourself, getting off the couch, even going outside for five minutes, even walking for 10, drinking a water instead of a soda. Yeah. Anything you can do to prolong your life and take care of yourself physically, yeah. being honest with yourself. God, that's huge. That's Knowing that you <laughs> fucked up and then owning it. <laughs> you're attuned to who you are. And you have a balanced lifestyle. If you ingest too much CNN or you ingest too much IPA Fox. or you ingest too much Fox or you ingest <laughs> too much sunshine, too much of anything is bad. You need to make sure you balance it out with, you know, classical music or water or Neil deGrasse Tyson. Marijuana. That is also an alternative. Unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor. <laughs> Marijuana. Making sure that you have a healthy relationship with yourself is really going to help you set boundaries. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about, talk about chestnuts. <laughs> chestnuts? Yeah, I did. I don't I even did. know what she that just is. I just made it up. Okay. And we're going to talk about a time when you had a relationship that was based only in sex. Because sometimes that's okay. Yep. Then they done it. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Right. We're going to come right back. are back with Linda for our second half. Aunt. Aunt. Boy, girl. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, listener. We, got it. we had to do that. Yeah, that's what happens. We're back with mm. the second portion of our conversation with Linda. Darling. 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 <laughs> 
We may have had a shot uh, while we were gone. and I was trying to text Corey while we were doing that, and I typed in darling. <laughs> He's going to love and that. that is how you That's know. Not... Um, okay, so we're going to do a shot before we get started. Sorry, darling. And, <laughs> sorry, darling. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about sex. We're going to ask Linda what her most memorable sexual experience was her craziest or funniest sexual experience was and if she's ever had a relationship that only revolved around sex and a lot of listeners might relate with sex in the city um there was a lot of relationships where carrie or samantha would enter a relationship only with the outcome of sex. They didn't plan on dating this person forever. They didn't love this person. It was literally just for the peen in the vein, the end. So prepare yourself. Once we're done with this shot, you're going to answer I those three questions. I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. Game I'm on. I'm going to do them on the, on the All air. Right. <clears throat> so we're going to do a shot and we're going to cheers. Right now we're drinking Bullet. Unofficial sponsor. Unofficial hopefully fucking a, sponsor. Hopefully a sp- uh, official sponsor. Bullet, if you hear me, we God drink damn. you at Disneyland. We drink you at home. Oh, we I, drink I you in the mountains. Um, we're going to cheers to an epic end to this episode. I hope you all have paid attention. I hope you all have learned something. And I hope we're you all have some going, really, really great worry. sex. Fuck yeah. Boom. Yeah, Bullet. It burns so good. Bullet. It's so smooth. It's so good once it hits your lips. <laughs> All right. Linda. Yes. I would like you to tell me, have you ever had a relationship that was solely based on sex? <laughs> right to it. <laughs> well. Yes, I've had a few. Okay. But there's one in particular that I will share with you. It was a touring musician that I met seriously by chance in uh, Lake Tahoe. I was up there with my friend Diane seeing this band play. and uh, Shout out to Diane. I love you. Diane, Texas. Yes. Um, And we're in in the bar way after the show ended. And I meet this drummer and we just start talking. And she gets a bit fed up. So she goes to bed. And I'm talking to this guy and he's funny. Like, you know, he's not the most handsome guy in the world, but you know, I love charm. And so he's, first he was working this blonde. That was even funnier. So he's working this blonde and I'm watching him and and she's just like not into it. So then he starts working me. I'm like, okay, sloppy seconds. Wow. And I called him out on it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, but he's from Texas and he's charming. Did he have an accent? Yeah. He's from the panhandle. So I don't know how he does it, but me, I go up to my, I go up to his room with him, but I flat out say, Hey, you know what? I'm not having sex with you. It's like, this is not going to happen. I'll hang out with you. This is cool. It's Caesar's palace in Tahoe right on. So we make out a little bit. That's really it. We didn't have any, any other craziness, but all of a sudden, maybe four, three, four in the morning, all the lights went out in the hotel and it took a minute or two, but then they came back on. And, uh, that's weird, huh? 
And then I thought, well, you know, if six in the morning rolls around. I better get back to Diane. Or she's going to be pissed, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was pissed. Oh. So there, that was like. I've the, actually been that friend in Vegas where yeah. I'm like, where the fuck are you? Yeah, I actually me. went knocking on yeah. hotel doors for my sister yeah. once. Oh, my God. On yes. her 21st birthday. But that's was, like post cell phones. Right. Think about, yeah. Pre-cell phone. Yeah. I am, I am, I'm the yeah. dick friend yeah. that during the biggest earthquake in Los Angeles. Oh my God, it was during the earthquake? Yes. The Northridge? Yes. Oh my was, yeah. God. So Diane is like livid with me and bless her heart. We, we eventually made amends with that, but I continued that relationship with him. He, next time he came to LA, he called me. He's like, hey, what are you doing? And so I went to the show. We hung out. He was charming and sweet and i think it went on for maybe three years were you only ever intimate with him when he came yes to okay. town okay so what do you consider that relationship to be called oh um did you date other people or sleep with other people when yeah, he was gone absolutely in fact in fact i was in texas with another friend of mine who might have been married um, <laughs> at the time. It sounded like a question and also a statement. <laughs> and and we were coming back from Texas, and I got, I think it was a page when we landed in L.A., and it was my other friend. <clears throat> and he said, hey, I'm in Newport at the whatever awesome hotel he stayed at. Can you meet me here? I was like, well, dude, I just landed in L.A. because I got to go home and take a shower. He's like, show up and I will bathe you. <laughs> So I had to tell the other fella that I got to go. Hey, bro, I know you're going home to your wife, but I got a date. I have someone's going to bathe me. I need to go. And I did. I went and I showed up and he had a bath run and Cavossier and a glass. And I had great sex. Who cares about anything else? Literally. Okay. And you know, you know who loved this relationship more than anybody who always asked me about it? Wait, can I guess? Yes. Nana. Steve Soto. Really? Dude, how is blank, blank, blank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on with him? Like, he loved that I was going and having rock star sex. Okay, so now I need to know about your craziest sex (laughs) story. Okay. I'm going to be a little limited on this because it involves my husband, and I don't want to embarrass him. but. There is a 1977 Buick involved. Okay. Who owns that Buick now? That would be my wedding gift that he gave me. Where, where's that Buick? Out front. Okay. In, but at the time, right? when we had that interlude, it was Granddad's Bluff in Wisconsin. Okay. He drove me up there, and it was such a sweet gift, and... It was romantic, and so I just mauled him. I mauled him in the car. It was pretty much like a 1940s, like, let's go to make-out point in this Buick. I've bought you this Buick. You're right. mine now. And but it was like, no. a, like, did you, were you wearing an apron? He had yeah. no idea. Were you like, wearing like, anything he drove, else? He drove like, me up there with the innocence of, oh, I'm going to show you a pretty view. I'm like, really? Mm, I am going to... Was it innocent? No. Oh, I am going to, no. like, ravage you. Yeah. No, and he, knew what what he, he knew what he was doing. No, he didn't. No, really? he did. No, I don't think so. I'm actually going to ask him. You should. I'm going to. Because I'm pretty sure he knew what the fuck he was doing. But what was so what was so cool about it was, uh, I don't know, his surprise was pretty cool. But it was nice to be able to do that for my husband. So out of owning a bar and dating musicians and dating p- 
people who were involved in music or movies or television or producing or drugs or all of the above. Yeah. That is the craziest sex story you have. It really is. That is like when you first asked me that, I was like, oh, Granddad Bluff, Buick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love my husband. That's very vanilla. I know. I'm sorry. I'm actually not disappointed. I'm actually very happy. I mean, happy. there's some weird, dirty stories from the past, but I'm not going. I'm not going. No, but those road. don't bring you joy. No, this one brings you me. You know what Bunky says? Only do things that spark joy. Oh, I love Bunky. Dude, can we do a shout out to Bunky? Hold on. He didn't catch that. No, he didn't. His, it was no. Marie Kondo. Yeah. But, but, but he brought it up. I gotcha. But Bunky, Bunky. Bunky says all the time in text messages, does it spark joy? And he means it. And I yeah, live, I, I actually live that. That is huge. Yeah. It's very important. We love Bunky. Don't bag on Bunky. I'm not bugging him. <laughs> give I'm Bunky just, some love. I want to give, give shout him out no. to that lady you just said. Bunky give is a firefighter. Yeah. Give Bunky love. I'm making eye contact while Listen, I'm shitting. Bunky is a six foot version of me. So Bunky I love is him. a six five version there of you. you. And a better version. He's a goddamn firefighter. It's not better. And by the he's way, just one of the first people no, I ever fell in love with better. on TV was a firefighter. So. Well, not only that, I've known Shout Bunky. I've known Bunky for twenty years. He might be my longest friend. Like he needs to be on the show. Crazy. Ooh, yeah, we're gonna have. He him needs on. to be on the show to talk about fires and things. And well, sex. that's not sex, though. But I'm sure that's he life. has sex, so it's okay. But that's oh, life, he does though. have sex. Yeah. He has sex, an adorable love child. Life. Oh my god, I love Sadie Rose. Let's I love get her focused. So much. Anyway, focus. Focusing. Okay. So, talk to me about blowjobs, really quick. So my theory, uh, and I've been, uh, I've been working on this. I can still hear you. God damn it! I've been working on this with my friends and. And well, no, pretty much my friends, that oral sex for men is like air. Like you really, really, really need to give your man a blowjob. Okay, but what if they don't like it? (laughs) (laughs) What? What if that's not their go-to? I don't know any man that does not. So if they tell you it's not their go-to, they're lying to hurt to save your feelings. I don't, Robert. Kevin actually does not prefer blowjobs and Robert Bain is not a fan. Wow. I'm not saying I don't appreciate the effort. They're great, but it's not my go-to. Maybe they're not doing it right. That, this is what I'm asking. <laughs> no, no, hold on. This is. If we're getting deep, I've gotten some good In some cars. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. But we're talking about that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But as a guy and on the guy team, we do love blowjobs right. as a general. Like that's but, love. Yeah. But my point is, is if you're doing it like you're fucking washing the kitchen floor, <laughs> then just, just fucking effort. don't fucking do it. No. Yeah. So when this you is do all it, about being intentional. When you when you when you make out with the penis, yeah, that's you, what it is. It's yeah. it's passionate. It's wet. It's it, it, I you can't love. Even, the I can't even explain. If you do it right, but hey, guys, like your your woman, I was gonna say broad. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, I love and that term. Lost but you know what, uh-huh. men, yeah, shower twice a day. Yeah, and please, twice shower, a day. Shower in the morning. Wash the scrotum when you get home. Shower it again, like rose petals, whatever the fuck. Whatever you, gotta you do. need to do. But, but no, if you gotta introduce your woman to it, like 
make it something fun and enjoyable. And but all I have to say is that it it's a gift. And if if you as a woman can give that to your man, and make it real and passionate and loving, and it doesn't have to be to climax. Just no. make out with it. Nothing and ever. Nothing ever has to be to climax. But, That's one but, of the fucking biggest fallacies. It's everything important. you said too goes for guys with girls. Yes, exactly. Going down, just fucking do it. Man. Just like, but you know what, ladies, clean it up. Clean it the <laughs> fuck. It, I was gonna up. say that too, and I thank you for bringing that up. And I and I'm gonna be real honest here. I'm gonna put it out there. I I giggle. It tickles it like tickles. a motherfucker, and it's hard for me to enjoy that. Here's the thing. Freaking laughing. There's a lot of variation when it comes to that area. Comes. And, and it, it, <laughs> there Crazy. needs to be some serious communication as to whether or not you enjoy licking, sucking, biting, pulling, like yeah. movement. Talk about it. Talk about what you want. Some guys, I, I'm a, I, I was talking earlier about this. I lo- I'm sorry, Robert. Take your headphones off. I love taking Kevin's penis in the morning. I think the Kevin's listener realizes that we're morning. very comfortable with this stuff. I don't give a shit. This is very funny. Ashley taking, likes to play I with the wiener. I love to play like with the wiener shift. as if it's like a stick shift in a car. Dude, why do you think dudes fuck with it all the it time? It is one of my favorite things <laughs> to great. take Kevin's penis Sometimes it's like, oh, and like what's going drive on it there? like a car and then it gets hard. And then well, I'm like, bang, bang. Okay, we'll take it easy on that. I've never done that. I'm sorry. I, yeah, as a guy, I've I never it. done that. He cracks up. He thinks it's hilarious. Easy on the mics. That's sorry. expensive I didn't equipment do it. over there. Kicked it. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, anyway. Also, I like to, to like fling it back she in like, like, a, like, a, like a glow stick. Okay. But here's the thing. As the guys ask. Yeah, you know what? I, the, no, the, that's the, mine. Here's the whole thing. No, I married no, that. No, that's here, mine. Can, I guys, can Kevin say that about your vagina? He pretty much can. Here's the here. I walk through a room and he hits my tits like they belong there. Like he just slaps them like a yeah, fucking. Yeah, that's cat. a given. Like tits they are, like chest. they are chest nuts. <laughs> and there it is. Chest nuts. I, I, love, I love when the ladies go, oh, when I get hit by into my boob, don't it's just hit like my hit, tit. It's like getting hit in the testicles. You don't know. Do you have tits? No, it's not. I kind of do. No, you don't. No. Testicles are way worse. I don't want to talk about I'm it. telling you. It's Linda, way worse. Linda. I'm sorry. It is. Chest nuts. Do you, get, do you have to throw up if you get hit in the boob? Right. Sometimes. No. Come on. If no. you ever... Okay. No. Honestly. Not right. no. nuts. All right. No. no. All right. No. All right. All right. No. Let's, let's okay. just, okay. Let's just we'll move agree to disagree. Let's just say... Chest nuts. You know what the most important thing is, people? Talk to your partner. Yeah. Do they want oral sex? Do they if want they do you to hit want them in the it, walk through it. Yeah. You know, get 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 the grasp of it. Is it is it enjoyable for them? If not, then find something else that's enjoyable. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. But ladies, I'm sorry. Most men like the blowjob. They do. Most men like blowjobs. Guys with oral sex, you really got to talk to your lady because most of you aren't doing it correctly. Yeah, do it right. Stop sticking your tongue in the holes. Ease up. You really need to focus on other areas. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. Maybe just, get a map of what the clitoris looks I'm like. I'm pretty just sure there's a YouTube lady. video on both subjects. That right. I'm pretty sure there is. PG-13. Right. So. Um, all right. Just, so we're going to play. The other thing is just do your research. Talk to your partner. Do some research. That's the main thing. There you go. Do your research. And communicate with your partner. (laughs) It's huge. Talk. That's what she said. (laughs) Phrasing. All right. So we are going to play a game. Super excited. I know you are. So this game is you are going to answer as many questions as you can. Crap. Okay. 
sorry, we gotta we gotta get this down. We're still figuring this thing. Are okay. you gonna count how many she gets right? Because I gotta do the song and timing it. Uh huh. So I'll do the timer. Okay. And you'll do the song. Oh no, I gotta, no, it's fine. I'll count. You got oh. you got a pen over there. You it's can. It's really mark. hard to count because sometimes she says no and I don't count it. Like it's hard. I go back and I. Count. If a person answers it, I know that's an answer. Listen, producer, I understand. This. I'm going to answer all of them. You are. I know you are. I also want to preface this because she never mentions it. Right. You can pass. Oh my god. There it is. Some of them. I preface it. Hey. Okay. okay. Well, Ready, set, it. go. I'm doing it for you. Producer, star sister brother. argument. It's more of a sister brother. I know. Ready, go. She's going to ask you some questions that are like yes, no, Pass. maybe one thing. But some of them are kind of like Tricky. along. You need like vanilla ice cream like out of nowhere. I've heard okay. some of these questions. There you go. So, if yeah. you need to, pass. The, the object is name as many as you can. That's yeah. the goal. Got it. Your goal is Regardless to answer yes, answer no. I am so excited. I am so excited. I almost wanted to do another shot, but I'm waiting. Okay, go. No, we're going to wait. And, right, and we're also going to wait until we hear the next round of music. I'm going to ask you oh, wait, six, as many questions I, as I can in 69 seconds. I want to win. Well, Linda. Yes. There we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. To 69. I'm ready to 69. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you timing it? 69 seconds. Are you ready? No. Oh. <laughs> I was going to do it based on logic, but, but I can't do math. You. So I'm going to go to Google. It's dating game music. I love it. It is the dating game. Thank you for, I'm, I'm thank gonna, you for getting that. Do you know who was on the dating game? Pee Wee A Herman. serial killer? <laughs> Both? Also, no, not, not even Paul Rubens. It was Pee Wee Herman. But a serial killer was also. On. I know. But I don't want to talk about him. I was talking about Pee Wee Herman. Oh, that's kind of cool. Anyways, what are you doing? I'm going to go get that you know, bottle of bullet. It's still early on in the podcast. I'm still you know, working this out. I still okay. want there to be an He's alert ready. at the end of 69 seconds with a He's porn ready. voice. Make that happen. Uh, that's in post. I got to do it in post. Uh, you guys want to hear it. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? All right. I'm going to turn the music down a little bit. On Wait. your marks. I'm ready. Are you ready? Here we go. Get set. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Don't lie. Biggest turn on? Love. Books or movies? Gone with the wind. Ever had a one night stand? Yes. Do you send nudes? No. Call or text? Call. Have you had uh, multiple orgasms? Yes. Can you drive a stick shift? Wait, yes, yes, yes. What's your favorite animal? (laughs) Cat. Favorite plant? Basil. Do you have a name for your genitals? No. Favorite part of your body? Boobs. Best podcast you've recently listened to? Roberts, so so scrutiny. What is Ooh. your sign? Leo. Do you believe in it? Yes. Favorite sex position? Doggy style. It, uh, sweet or savory? Savory. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? England. Ice cream you get from the ice cream man? Fetchicle. Favorite song you fuck to? Ooh, cheap trick. Um, He's a whore. Do you smoke weed? No. Favorite snack? Mm, almonds. Fast food order? Pass. 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 Go to birthday dessert. Chocolate. Favorite season. Winter. Weirdest place you've ever had sex. Buick, nineteen seventy-seven. Electra. That's it. That's it. Five, ten, 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 damn. Twenty. 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 Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. That's pretty good. Nah. 
And the and, and the song just ended. So that was perfect. Good. That's there really go. good. Twenty nine is actually very good. Yeah. Thanks. That's fun. Good. We got to do an Instagram post of like the high scores. I know we do. When every, when we all will. the episodes eventually come out. Hi. Yes. When yes. Someone, when they, people finally listen to this, it's gonna be like in a month. Finally. <laughs> when, oh, wait, more interesting. Than thousand. How many? What? Let me go ahead and just say. <laughs> Thanks Soon. For, thanks for the segue. There you go. As of today, I have 124 downloads. And I I literally just want to send a card to every human being who is download to thank them. Like, I personally want to handwrite cards and say thank you for listening. If you email her, I'm honest the listeners, God. if honest, you email honest. Ashley at what's your position podcast at gmail.com, right? Is it That's all it. that? If you email her and send her address, mm-hmm. she she will send you not even a card. I'll probably be bake you cookies, and it's gonna be like a handmade and card. Maybe you're gonna, you're maybe, gonna hate maybe it. a succul- succulent. You might get a succulent. You might. So, I am literally so grateful. I I posted our podcast. It it is August. What is the date today? The sixteenth, fifteenth. It's yep. August fifteenth. It's uh, Diane Clegg's birthday. Ooh. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Diane. Diane. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to, Texas. to Diane. Cheers to fucking Texas. Texas kicks ass. Cheers to the two step. Cheers to Matt. Mm. Oh God. His birthday was two days ago. <sighs> what? Yeah, he's a Leo too. Happy birthday, Matt. Matt the cat. Oh my God. I love these humans. Okay. If you downloaded and listened. I am so eternally grateful. I just released all of the podcasts that we have less than a week ago, and I'm already at 124 downloads, and it's, I never thought I would ever let anything control my day more, but I check this all the time, <laughs> and it makes me really happy to know that people are hearing this, and I hope that you hear something that relates to you, and I hope that you hear something that speaks to you and that you makes you feel less alone or makes you feel more educated I am so grateful for my Aunt Linda. Unofficial sponsor, gratefulness. Oh, God, gratitude. Go. Gratitude. Please be grateful. Great Beastie Boys song, too. It is a great Beastie Boys Gratitude! <laughs> I'm so grateful for you. You changed who I am. You made me feel okay being the person that I was meant to be. And it, it isn't taken lightly. And it is rare that someone does that to you who isn't a significant other or you know it's it's a it's a huge responsibility and you did well you are my sunshine and you should post on your page that picture of you when you were in the uh, miss beauty pageant (laughs) that really is like it's not the fact that you're in that little outfit but that is who you are yeah that is your soul and that you're just perfect. Thank you. There's you. also another great photo of you with Danny DeVito that I oh absolutely love. It's a really, really good one. It's a really photo. good one. You guys Hell, are, you're yes. like nine and you guys are the yeah. same height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and I have good. the biggest smile on my face. Yeah. Uh, I love that photo. I love educating human beings. I love talking to other people and I love learning from them. Thank you for sharing with me. Please come back. I would love to. Thank you. Oh, we're Thank coming you. back to the mountains. Oh, we're coming back to the we're mountains back. for sure. <laughs> Make sure you all are following me on What's Your Position podcast on Instagram. And we are now live and ready to go on Google and Amazon and iTunes, Spotify. 
wherever you listen to podcasts. It should be up there. It, I, I, it, it hit. It, it hit. It said on well, Podbean that it was ready. If it's not, to go. and you're listening to this, and you're and you had to find it, tell us where you want to listen to it. Fucking good on you, man. No, I want. Tell us where you want to listen to it, and we'll get it there. Yeah. Can I interject? Yeah. Let's talk about uh, stick. And give Nana an official sponsor. No, 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 no. an official sponsor. Unofficial. She's not going to come after us. Stick. (laughs) Wear a condom, please. Because gonorrhea, gonorrhea and syphilis are out of control right now. They're so nuts. So stick Orange County is educating and getting people on the right path to have safe sex. Yeah, getting them tested, making sure that you get things cleared up. Pearl Jemison Smith. Yeah, but she's the woman. They need a website. They need a website. I want to work on that. But work on that. Understand that getting tested and wearing a condom is huge. Um, yeah, because you know what? No matter what kind of sex you have, you got to be safe. And there's no pill that's going to protect you no. from gonorrhea and syphilis and all those other things. So you know, make it safe. There you go. It's all about getting tested and wearing condoms. That's what we're about. We're about safe sex. We're about safe relationships. Being safe. Being healthy. Please make sure that you follow us on Instagram. Please make sure that you go to iTunes. Make sure you go to Spotify. Anywhere else you download podcasts, search for Ashley Weller. And make sure you search for What's Your Position podcast. Make sure you tell a friend. I could just set it. I just mouthed it to you, but I could just set it as a producer. I don't know why I was doing that. (laughs) Yeah, tell a fucking friend, everybody. (laughs) Tell your friends. This podcast is great for hearing a story that's meant for you. And it may not be every episode, but there is an episode meant for you. So please pass it on. One thing producer-wise, eventually I would love to do a live call-in. We will. Callers. I'm ready. Anonymously. I'm so excited for that. that. Eventually that's what this is going to be. Yeah. All right, everybody. I love you so much. I hope that you all have the best weekend ever. Please make sure that you stay safe. Stay kind and stay sexy. And can I just say I'm very proud of both my kids. <laughs> Sorry. Love you guys. She had the perfect outing. And you had I know. To ruin it and I killed it. Yeah. The aunt. It's the okay. Aunt. <laughs> stay safe. Stay kind and stay sexy. Now you ruined it. <laughs>